Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike, navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, Narrowway to Broadway. Welcome to this episode of season four of our show. I'm Emma, and I'm so excited to be here with Derek Barbie, my new friend and sister. Um, Derricka is amazing. This is actually, fun fact, the second time we are recording this interview. The first time we did it on Zoom, and we just didn't have enough time. Like, she is a, an incredible story, and we did not want to rush the Holy Spirit working and speaking through her. So, um, Derek is actually a newcomer to the entertainment industry, um, but no stranger to the world of entertainment. She's always been um, keen to the arts, participating in theater and small scale scale productions, um, originally from North Carolina, which is where she studied uh, film and media studies at Wake Forest University. So my fellow Carolinian, um, she now lives in L.A. and has taken the city by storm. Um, she made a swift transition, which we'll hear about uh, into film and TV recently coming on as the showrunner executive for a new pilot series, Casa Grande, which is in post-production, um, involves multiple pro- and it has been involved in multiple projects, including the sequel. California Christmas City of Lights to the very successful A California Christmas, which is on Netflix and you should watch in this upcoming holiday season if you have not already. It's so good. Um, It was one of Netflix's biggest hits in 2020. Um, And although new, Derek is focused and ready to bring life to untold stories from all backgrounds and hues to the forefront and to give a voice to the underrepresented. She will be one to watch. I love that bio. Thank you so much for being here, Derricka. Thank you for having me. Again. (laughs) (laughs) again we love it um amazing well we're just gonna get started with some fire round questions the listeners know i love some rapid fire questions which uh, which always end up being like sort of rapid fire and sort of not because they all can be expanded upon but (laughs) i I think i did a pretty good job with these ones so number one coffee or tea tea Mm -hmm. okay sweet or savory oh savory savory uh, Marvel or DC? Def, uh, Marvel. Although okay. DC is like coming in strong. I agree. I agree. I like how that was a, kind of a hard one for you to answer. Okay. Um, East Coast or West Coast? Uh, East Coast, always. Sorry, okay. LA people. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, early riser or night owl? Early riser. Me as well. Me as well. Um, movies or TV? you cannot ask a creative that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, tv we're gonna go with tv okay um structure or spontaneity Mm, structure type a okay yeah yeah same (laughs) yes were you about to tell us your enneagram i was gonna say enneagram three (laughs) me as well (laughs) love it um reading or writing Emma, neither, but (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll go with writing. Okay, I like it. I I think I I asked that question the last time and you you said neither, so I'm I'm glad you're consistent. (laughs) Um okay, acting or producing? Oh um let's go with producing. Okay, great. Um I realize I 
truly did a rapid fire round and wrote 10 bullet points and only put nine questions. So this one isn't <laughs> technically a rapid fire question, but I think Philip will really enjoy it. Um, yeah. What is your order at Chick-fil-A? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, I think I've said this to you before, but mm-hmm. depending on the day, let's go with like, this is a great cheat day. I don't mm-hmm. care. It's Friday. We're going to go with a mm-hmm. spicy deluxe meal with a medium well done fry, uh, two Chick-fil-A sauces on the side, mm-hmm. and uh, probably like a Sunjoy, which is in the South, and Arnold Palmer. I love that Chick-fil-A has simply taken an Arnold Palmer and just put a new name on it. And they are they are acting like it is their creation, oh, which yeah. I just respect. I'm like, this is this is like beverage appropriation, but like here we are. Exactly. And people are like, wait, a Sunjoy? And I'm like, oh, like a sweet tea and a lemonade. Right. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So an Arnold Palmer is an what you're Arnold saying. Arnold Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love that. I love that order. You heard it here first, folks. You can get your fries well done, which I didn't realize. And after recording this episode the first time when I figured this out because she told me, I did not I, – I did that. I went to Chick-fil-A and I got a well done fry and I must say life-changing. Game changer, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. Okay. Well, that was fun. Um, I think the listeners pretty much know exactly who you are now. I'm sure (laughs) Philip is on the other side of this editing the episode giggling because he loves the Chick-fil-A. He's, it's doing God's work. And also the listeners will probably get to hear why I asked you that question a little bit, but so let's just dive right in. Um, Your story is one that is a little bit different, I think, than a lot of the interviews we have on here. So, you know, typically not typically, it just kind of is the nature of our industry is a lot of people have just been doing it for a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. They've been really, they've grown up in it or they've trained in it. They maybe studied acting or musical theater or that kind of thing and then continued to do it. And since, you know, they were five, people have just been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I know that your story is not one about like waiting on God for your big break or anything like that. So tell us a little bit about how you ended up where you are. Yeah. So gosh, it's, can you believe it's November 1st? First of all, Um, no, that feels crazy and fast, but yeah, a year ago around this time, um, I actually was doing my first ever like production thing and that mm-hmm. was what you mentioned earlier in my bio of working on Casa Grande as a showrunner executive. And so um, my I moved to LA in 2019, June. Yeah. And then six months later was a pandemic. <laughs> and then um, so nothing. I was actually working for Chick-fil-A then. So that's probably why you asked me about the Chick-fil-A order and I moved to LA without a job, without housing. Two weeks after I moved, I got hired to be a director of operations for the Chick-fil-A in Hollywood and just kind of made some great connections. But before that, our mutual friend, Sarah, her sister, Mm -hmm. uh, Lauren, was my saving grace really in LA, got me acquainted and adjusted Um, And she wrote California Christmas and kind of had said, LOL, I wrote a part for you in my movie. And I kind of (laughs) laughed, like didn't think anything else about it. 
Um, right. And then I was getting an email from uh, two other people and it was like, hey, um, by the way, like this is when you need to show up. This is where you're staying, mm-hmm. Taft, all of those things. And I was like, wait, she was serious. That was a real thing. Right. Um, and so then I filmed that in what year 2020 of let's see july yeah Mm -hmm. july of 2020 that was my first ever gig that was my first ever paid thing um and then months later lauren showrunner of casa grande um i came to help her out and yeah in october so i quit my job at chick-fil-a like october 6th or something like that um then october 11th i was filming this TV pilot show for 26 days, we did five episodes. And oh my gosh. Yeah. After that, the rest is history. And so now a whole year later, I have been um, doing just different things in the film and TV world. And it's been <laughs> real fun, but real crazy to think that a year ago, this was not my life. This was not my world. Um, and I couldn't have pictured it, especially in the midst of a pandemic. Right. Well, and I think even like rewinding even a little further than that, yeah. you your life was like East Coast, on staff <laughs> at Young Life. Yeah. And I feel like you had a total, like, in a way, a Jonah moment where he Yeah. I remember you you talking about just how clear it was that the Lord was like, Okay, we're gonna do something different now. So I would love to just hear too even before you got to LA, what did it look like for you? Because you didn't necessarily think in your mind, you know, the Lord wants to use me in the film and TV industry. So what did that transition look like? Because you were doing something completely unrelated. Yeah. So I feel like um, it's funny you bring up Jonah because I definitely had studied that leading up to the time of uh, hearing the call from the Lord. And I I want to say that, like, I'm going to put this caveat in there. I think a lot of people will say, like, I heard from the Lord and um, people struggle with that and have a tension of like, how do you hear from the Lord? Is it verbal? Is it whatever? And how do you know if it's God's will? And so I felt like all of those things, I want to say that to anyone listening, whether they believe in God or not, um, my life just was going in a direction that was great. I mean, I was on Young Life staff. I was over middle school ministry and college ministry. Um, I worked with my best friends. I had worked with people that had known me half my life. Um, so there was nothing that was like, I got to get out of this and like go whatever. But I just felt like the Lord said, if I told you to go, would you? Um, and that just kept like being a theme in my life. I had heard that before I went on Young Life staff when I was in development on a billion dollar campaign. I had heard that you know, before I graduated college of like to stay, um, like what would it look like? And so this thing came up again and I was just like, Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like I'm in a, I'm in a rhythm. I'm in a really great thing doing really great work here. Um, and so I ignored it. And then I felt like, again, it was like, if I told you to go, would you? And so I finally was like, yes, but where? And that was the fun part, right? Because I, he didn't say where, he just said, if I told you to go, would you? Um, And I think that's like where it comes in of a little bit of my free will of like, I could have literally gone to the next city. I could have literally gone to, I don't know, like back home from Burlington, where I'm originally from, 
wherever, but for some reason, the West Coast, um, some reason, like Hollywood just kept being the thing. So I came to visit um, that April of 2019 and met Lauren then. And from a sermon series at my church, we were just talking about return on investment and we had used a word to define like our year and I had it written on a rock. Well, didn't know I traveled with that rock, but we were at a beach hanging out as I was visiting LA to see maybe I wanted to move here and that rock was in my pocket. And I remember being Mm. like, okay, Lord, like Mm. you don't have to be any more clear. You know what I mean? And it literally was just like trust um, was the word that I had written. And so, um, yeah, I went back home and was just like, I'm going off Young Life staff and I'm going to quit this job. Um, That was April. I quit in May and Mm -hmm. moved in June. (laughs) Whoa. uh, Yeah. So it was like pretty crazy because that no one could have seen it coming. I couldn't have seen it coming. Um, But I just felt like the Lord said, if I told you to go, would you? And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be obedient because obedience will never steer you wrong. And I just was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and I think the great thing about that was when I left, it wasn't this okay, well, how long, um, how long do I need to be there? What will it look like to be successful? What, what does it mean to have Hollywood on my heart? What does it mean that I want to go and like minister to people in a different way? Um, you know, like I, I didn't, couldn't answer any of that. And I still can't answer that to this day. Like if I went back home tomorrow, I think I would still be like, great job. Like you left. I just asked you to do one thing. Like you did that. Mm. So anything after that, yes, was going to be 10 times fruitful than I could ever imagine. So like sitting here, I feel bad talking about this experience somewhat um, because I know a lot of people spend years and years um, to get a taste of what the Lord has graciously let me be a part of when that wasn't what I wanted at all. Yeah. Um, But I just kept saying yes. And I just kept saying yes. And I just kept saying, okay, Lord, like (laughs) it's going to be hard. And don't hear that as like, I'm just really faithful and I'm really obedient. Yes. But I also am a knucklehead and will say no (laughs) Mm -hmm. or buck against it a few times. But yeah, my life looked totally different years and years ago. And now I'm like, you talk to my friends back home and they can't imagine me doing anything else but this. Um, Yeah. Talk to my mom, you know, like, my mom, I'm sure a lot of people have moms like this that would just be like, I'm really just proud of you. I, yeah. I can't believe you said yes. Like, yes, does she miss her child? <laughs> of course. But mm-hmm. like, man, I think everyone now gets to see the fruit of what God is doing just because he said, would you go? Yes. Okay, now go and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's not, I mean, like, and I tell people my story that in this industry because this industry is one that definitely um, not a lot of believers are vocal or not, you're not going to meet a lot of people that like talk about God in the way that I do. But I want you to know that's exactly why I'm in the spot that I am. Not because I want to make a lot of money, not because I want to do whatever and have number one Christian media or number one, whatever movie or be the lead in whatever thing. Um, mm-hmm. I just want people to see like, the Lord is in this. And so yeah. I hope you get to experience God just because you've gotten to experience um, an interaction with me. Yeah, that's so true. That's actually, um, I love that you said that because <clears throat> one thing 
that I feel like I've been having a lot of conversations um, with my friends about who are who are kind of you know grinding or doing doing the tough thing um, because they feel like what it like it's what the Lord has called them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's something that we need to remember, or something that I think the Lord has pressed upon my part is or in my heart is that um, being successful is not always a direct result of being faithful, right. like being obedient. And and we see that in Jonah. Like if we're if we're on this theme of Jonah, like in Jonah 3, 4, it's a obviously Jonah's a super short book, but in Jonah 3, 4, you know, he reluctantly finally gets to Nineveh and is like <laughs> proclaiming to the Ninevites, he says like 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And it says immediately after that, the Ninevites believed God and the fa- a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. Like it, it's, it was like they believed. And so it's interesting because I think sometimes eventually Jonah goes and like pouts under a tree and he's like, okay, why didn't my, why didn't my sermon get to be this long? Like I was finally uh-huh. obedient. I got swallowed by a whale spit out. And then I got here and all I got to do was like say five words. Like you didn't even right. need me, God. Right. And so I think that sometimes we think, or in my mind, it's like, okay, God, like I'm really working hard here. I feel like I'm doing what you call me to do, but I'm not getting anything. Like I'm not booking. I'm not successful. Mm. And sometimes I think that God can't use me unless I get to the very top or have this platform. And, but it's like, there are so many people along the way that we get to come in contact with. Like maybe God doesn't want us to like reach people at the top right now. Maybe God doesn't want us to be in the most competitive cast to book or on the biggest show. Like it, when God is like speaking to Jonah at the end of the book, he says, like, you have been concerned about this plant, which is the plant that grows over Jonah that he pouts Mm -hmm. under. And then God like takes the plant away. And he says, you've been concerned about this plant though. You did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? He's like, mm-hmm. Jonah, you're you're concerned about like your part in all of this and not what I'm actually trying to do here with these people. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you said reminds me of that. I think we have a lot or I have a lot of times this mindset of like, okay, God, I'm being obedient. I'm doing what you asked me to do, but I'm not successful. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm not being like affirmed in this? And so I think that your story is one that's really beautiful because you like you just simply were obedient and it, it actually had nothing really to do with like your dreams or aspirations to be an actor or producer or showrunner. No, and it couldn't, right? Like it Right. I think uh, about you said something of like, if I'm not successful, then am I doing this? Like, if I don't get right. this, then am I doing this? And mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this to you last time, but it's like, okay, but if you can't do it without the huge platform that you think you're going to have, what makes you think that you're going to do it when you get there? Mm-hmm. What makes you think that all of a sudden now when you have the hundred thousand plus Instagram followers and your IMDB score is, you know, top 100 or um, you're on a billboard on here in LA on sunset. Like, you know, everyone wants to get on a billboard in sunset or something like that. Or everybody wants to be on a major network TV show. It's like, 
but then what did you do when you weren't there? Um, Why all of a sudden are you going to change up that energy now Mm -hmm. because you have it? Like why, I I love that you said, um, like, it's not about me. Like Jonah, Mm -hmm. you're worried about yourself. And um, someone in my life, we were talking about Esther. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I have imposter syndrome. I think only women are diagnosed with this. And then Mm -hmm. when when women of color like enter into the chat room, Mm -hmm. I think we're the ones that really people tell us that we should Mm -hmm. have this, but- yeah. I struggle with that when things were happening or it was like, I, I have no experience in this. I, I haven't paid my dues like a lot of people or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. one of my mentors was just like, okay, so you're worried about yourself, but you're not worried about what God's going to do. You already mm. said yes once. Why are you not going to say yes again? Um, yeah. Do I need to tell yeah. you about Esther? Do I need to tell you about Esther and Mordecai? Um, when Even if, Derica, you don't show up and you don't want to do it, that God's going to say something and say, I'll use something else. I'll use whoever else. Uh, and I remember when Mordecai said that to Esther, he said, do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. And wow. I was just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not just about me. Like yeah. I don't need whatever platform, whatever, like, God's going to do whatever he wants to do, whether I'm on board or not. But Mm -hmm. man, what a gift it is that he's asking me to be a part of it. Um, And I think the same for Jonah is like, Jonah, if I asked you to go, would you? Don't run, don't whatever. I can, I can do whatever I want to do, but I want to use you and know that when I use you, I'm going to show off in a big way. And so like same for Emma, same for whatever actor, actress, production person, art set person. Hey, like I'm going to use you because I'm going to do some big things. And I promise the success will come at some point, however you want to measure that it will come, but be content in this moment, be content with what you're doing right now. That's so true. And I think that there are probably a couple of lies that we believe at the root of all of this is like, I don't know, like one that God can't use us unless we're at the top of our game mm-hmm. to that. Because I find that I'm actually the least useful when I'm at the top of my game because, again, that phrase in and of itself is so self-centered. Like, I am at the top of my game. Mm-hmm. Like, when really, if I'm in submission to the way of Jesus and I'm and I actually believe that God has called me into this industry to be like a light and to be there for him. Like what a what a crafty and specific way for the enemy to hinder that by saying this is about you and that God can't use you until you get to the top of your game. So I'm going to make the game. I'm going to make this industry itself an idol. And then once you get to the top, you haven't been following like you're you're not even allowing yourself to be used because you're just reveling in your own success. Yeah. You know, so I think that it's it's really beautiful because I think in a lot of ways you're a really good example of you were just a vessel who was called into a certain industry that you really didn't have any exposure to, like you really didn't have any experience with, which is what made you willing. Yeah. Which is so beautiful. Um, because the worst that could happen was what? Like I, I don't get another gig. I don't I don't right. get the next thing. 
Okay, well, I didn't ask for that. I didn't sign up for right. it. Um, when, right. when we realize our worst is not that bad, I think mm-hmm. we live differently and I think we attack things differently. But right. when we think it's like, oh, all or nothing, like, man, the only thing that's all or nothing is Jesus. So yeah, right. After that, that reminds me of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, keep going. Just saying after that, it's like, just puts everything in perspective because even at the very top, I talked to a guy who he's done a lot. He's made a lot of movies. He's gotten mm-hmm. a lot of cars. He's done, you know, all the things. And he was like, yeah, I just like want more. It's like, Oh God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what is more? What is more? Right. Like, is that the cycle we're in? And God, and mm-hmm. I will say this, like, I also don't want people to listen and just think like, Oh, like this girl's got it all figured out. No, there are sure. moments that I'm also like, man, what if that, or what if yeah. I had this or whatever, but I, I just have yeah. to like constantly come back to be humbled of like, yeah. all right, but I'm in this for right now. So this is what right. we're going to do and count it all joy and be really grateful for everything that comes after that. I saw, um, a post on Instagram by the handle Body Courage, but this is Danielle Pinock, who just, I love her and her work and all these things she's doing. And I'm, you you two need to talk. Um, but yeah, um, I love that she was just like, take a moment this year and just look back at all the things that have happened, the little things, big things, whatever. Um, because I bet like it'll change your perspective on a lot of stuff. And I was like, dang like you know like it's only november but to look back and be like and this and this wow and this and this and it doesn't have to be like i'm not on any billboards people don't know my name and that's okay Mm -hmm. but man there are some great wins from this year which is really cool yeah yeah well and i think too it's like if at the end of the day i would rather i think if we're honest with ourselves I think a lot of us, including myself, at a lot of times, would rather people know my name mm-hmm. and have a watered down version of Jesus because of the way that I have like attained that notoriety than no one know my name, but like a random makeup artist or a random stage manager know Jesus because mm-hmm. of the podunk production of, you know, the best little whorehouse in Texas that I did in Pennsylvania, <laughs> you know? Right. And so I think that there's that. Well, and also another thing I wanted to ask you is I think um, we talked a lot at the beginning about just you saying yes and you being obedient. And we read that a lot in scripture about delighting in the law of the Lord and delighting in obedience and like walking in, in the Lord's statutes. And But I think that there is something there that has to be cultivated. Like we have to practice little acts of obedience every day in order to be able to say yes to that big ask, like for Mm -hmm. God to say, you know, Derica, go West. Like Mm -hmm. that's, and I think that you kind of touched on this, but I want to kind of spend some time on it is what about when we don't really feel like we know where God is leading us? Like, is, do you think that's more indicative of like, Am I submitting myself to the little acts of obedience so that I can know what it feels like for God to call me something bigger and and more? Because what what does it look like tangibly to cultivate a spirit of obedience? 
Oh gosh. Um, I think to get it wrong a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think to, to, to mess up a lot and to be like, well, if I would have just did it this way the first time, mm-hmm. uh, probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be here. And to, to be like the Israelites, I think a lot of people don't want to be like the Israelites because they forgot often. Um, yeah. But to be like them when they did remember, uh, God doesn't yeah. do anything without the reminders, right? And I mm-hmm. am a journaler, so it's not mm-hmm. even a word, whatever. If yeah. dad, if dad by can be a word, then journalism. Yeah. Um, but I think just to, yeah, just to remember, to remember moments. I, I don't know if other people feel this, but every year around the same time, I feel like I'm going through the same things or like the yeah. year feels like it's going in the same way. And my yeah. response is probably different every time. I will say in the last two to three years, my response has become the same, which is more of the obedience, more of remembering where I was and like, all right, God, like, I'm not going to go to the depths on this one. Okay, God, I'm not going to, you know, know that this is coming and ignore it until I can't ignore it anymore. And so I think obedience comes because you've messed up a lot. Obedience comes because you've forgotten a lot. Um, And then you finally get tired of that. (laughs) And you just want to be like, and I think maturity, right? So right. I'll be 32 in three months. And I think at 23, I Mm -hmm. definitely wouldn't have been able to speak this way or I wouldn't have been able to be like, yeah, I'm obedient or whatever. Right. Um, Right. But praise the Lord that I'm not the same that when I was 23 or even 28 years old, that in years I've gotten to remember and to marinate on that and cultivated this spirit of, God, I'm just going to say yes this time because uh, I know that if I don't, like, it's going to be harder. Like you want to teach me something yeah. and it just depends on how fast I want to learn it, you know? Right. Um, right. And that's where it comes from of like, how fast do you want to learn this? Like, yeah. do I want to keep sitting through this and being like, okay, like, let me go back. Let me go do this. Yeah. Nah, let me right. just get it done now. Right. Right. And I think in that, as you know, in, cultivating a spirit of trust. I think you're talking or t- cultivating a season. Wait, what? Okay. I'm starting <laughs> over. Cultivating a spirit of obedience. I think what we're really talking about here in a lot of ways is trust. And mm-hmm. you told me the story last time um, about kind of a, a sweet encounter you got to have with someone with like a shirt you wore. And I think it's <laughs> a trust God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell it. I would love for the listeners to just hear that story. I remember it really like encouraged me. Yeah. So you have to be careful with what you wear because people will (laughs) ask about it. And that that's how I feel about tattoos too. Like if you're going to get a scripture or something, you Mm -hmm. sure as heck better remember that scripture. (laughs) Nothing else. People will test you on it. And so I wore this uh, color blocking uh, sweatshirt said, trust God. And Mm -hmm. um, people are like, I got the looks. I remember walking on the set and just like, da, 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 and mm-hmm. got the looks from people of like, huh, interesting. Like that's what she chose to wear. And someone yeah. was like, oh, so like, uh, you're a Christian, like whatever. And I was like, yeah, well, yes, I am a follower of Jesus. I'm sold out for mm-hmm. Jesus. 
Um, mm-hmm. And like, cause Christian, you know, like, yes, I am of a Christian faith, but I know that that holds a lot of pain and hurt for some people. And I don't want mm-hmm. to, um, you know, look over that. But I was like, right. yeah, like I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm sold out for him. And so I got to have conversations with people of like, well, what does it look like to trust God? What does it look like right. to just trust in general? Um, and yeah, it was some sweet moments. I think yeah. that that set apart me for the rest of that production. I wore it probably yeah. in my first week there too. So then think yeah. about being there another five weeks. Like that right. will change how people view you when you come on a set. And if you're in a bad mood, like they're going to remember you wore right. a Trust God sweatshirt. So now how are you acting about this? If something doesn't happen well, how are you showing up and acting? And uh, it kind of was a great reminder of me of like, all right, Mm -hmm. Deirdre, like you're going to be out there and you're going to proclaim this, then you better like walk the walk, you know? Right. (laughs) Yeah. It reminds me too of like uh, in first Peter, I think first Peter three, it talks about like kind of facing persecution, but it Mm -hmm. it talks about like revering, Christ in your heart says, Lord, and it says, be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And it says, but do this with gentleness and respect and keeping a clear conscience. Mm -hmm. And I I just love that because I think you're so right. And I think you were kind of joking, but like, be careful what you wear. It's not even be careful. It's like, be prepared. It's, it's be prepared to like, and it talks about this a ton in, um, like the prophetic books of scripture in a little bit of a different way, but talking about like be alert because um, yeah. we are, we fall victim so easily to like lies of the mind and lies of the flesh and the world and the devil. And I think that when we are prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have, that's ultimately these beautiful conversations that we get to have yeah. with people. Um, I just love that. I love that story. I always picture you with this sweatshirt on being like, <laughs> I'm sold out for Jesus because it's shocking. It's shocking for people to hear because I think um, with this sort of you do you mentality that a lot of people like have right now, it's it's almost strange when someone addresses you and is like and kind of brushes it off and is like, oh, like, are you super religious? Yeah. And then you being prepared to say you know, I'm sold out for Jesus and I'd like to tell you more about it. Like that's almost like weird for people because people are used to sort of staying in their own lane. Um, But for you to be like, actually I am. And that's why I'm here. I am, (laughs) I am sold out. Um, So I just, I just think that that's a really beautiful story. Um, So I'd love to like switch gears a little bit, but talk a a little bit about something you said earlier. Um, you were ta- we were talking about sort of this idea of like <laughs> this posture, which it's weird because it seems sort of negative, but it's actually not, is this posture of like, so what? And mm-hmm. I think that one thing, <laughs> this is actually funny because my therapist will often say this to me. She'll often ask me like, what's the worst that could happen? Um, <laughs> like she'll make me entertain sort of these these paths or these winding roads that I think my life is going to become if I entertain certain things. And so she'll be like, okay, so, so actually ask yourself, so what, so what will happen? What could happen? So I'd love for you to just touch a little bit about like, what is the benefit of having this posture of 
So like, so what if I don't get the audition? So what if I don't book this? So what, like, what, what do you think having that mentality has helped you cultivate? Yeah. So I'm living in a season right now of uh, saying no to the good and yes to the best. And Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. Right. So Mm -hmm. if it, I don't want to do the cliches of, oh, well, everything works out for a reason. Or like, if you don't get that, then there's something else, whatever. Maybe, maybe. Like, yeah. I, I'm not saying that that's not it. And that, right. yeah, sure, there's some reason. Um, but if it's the so what, and maybe, and I don't want that to feel flippant to people. Right. This, like, so what? Like, it's just like, okay, if I didn't get that, then what's the next thing? Like, keep it moving. Um, right. And maybe that wasn't, all things can be good things. Like we know that eating fruits and vegetables are good things for your life, but too Mm -hmm. many of that, you still might gain some weight and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But like, how do I say yes to the best? Like, Oh man, this audition Mm -hmm. sounds great. Oh, this project sounds amazing. Oh, this thing sounds great. Let me go work on this or whatever. Like those Mm -hmm. all are good things, but what's going to get your best? Um, yeah. there, there was a season that I was just saying yes to everything and it yeah. was good, but then nothing was getting my best and it started right. to wear on me and it started to show. Um, so now like my character, other places is like, man, like Derek's dropping the ball on this because she's doing so yeah. many good things, but maybe right. that wasn't the best for me in that season. Um, right. and so I think it's okay to be like, I didn't get that audition or like, uh, I'm I'm not going to record for that or I'm not going right. to go help on this project um, because that, that just might not be the thing for me. And that's hard because sometimes you don't know, like hindsight right. is 2020, right? But right. Um, I, I can say that everything that now I've released and what I'm living into now, I'm like, whew, if I would have kept on in that um, and didn't say, so what, or what's the worst that could happen if I don't do that? then I wouldn't get to be doing some really cool, sweet things that I'm in now, you know? Yeah. And that just goes back to obedience because it's, you know, we know that ultimately our call is to, you know, know Jesus, become more like Jesus and spread his word, like spread the, the story of Jesus. But we can't like, we physically cannot do that in more than one place at once. So I think sometimes I'm like, okay, but I know this is what I'm supposed to do. So I like have to lead this Bible study and I have to go to church and I have to lead worship and I have to do this. Like, I think that's also a three thing. So I feel like we have to just be in more slow contemplative submission to what God wants for our life in particular, because if we, if we just speed through it, it is just going to pass us by mm-hmm. yeah. and we don't want that. No, don't you know? miss it. Don't miss it. Like that's the thing is I, I bet if you talk to people that are way more established in this industry, they'll come back to you and tell you, just don't miss it. Don't miss that moment yeah. and don't miss yeah. the time and the lessons that you're supposed to learn in this Yeah, because I've missed it. I, I remember there are times that I've missed it in my life that weren't even with this industry, but just doing other yeah. stuff. And I'm like, dang, if I had just taken a mo- breath, if I had just taken a beat, then like that, you know, they teach us that in writing scripts and stuff, like to take a beat. Right. 
Um, right. <laughs> it's like if we just take more beats, that that would have worked out differently, or I would have learned something differently, or I wouldn't be repeating the same mistakes because I would have taken a beat and learned what I was supposed to learn at the time that I was supposed to learn it. You know, right? I think those are those beats are something that are built into our lives that we're trying really hard to eliminate mm-hmm. because we think they're a waste of time, and yeah. which is funny because they're intentionally pauses. It's like in the Psalms when it's has it dictated. It's like Selah, which is a pause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is the way this is supposed to be read. This is the way it's supposed to be heard and experienced. And if we just rush through it. What are we even getting to process? Yeah. People need more periods instead of commas in their life. I think a yeah. lot of people do like the commas. And so then it's like comma, mm-hmm. da, 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 comma, da, da, da. Oh, fun. Right. Semicolon. Da, 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 right. Da. <laughs> right. Like, no, no, no. Period. Break. Right. Go again. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. That's so good. I, I needed to hear that. LOL. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate that. Um, I love when the Lord decides to really just convict me on the show when I'm like, what do you want to tell our listeners? And God's like, actually, Emma, this is for you. <laughs> every time, every time. Yeah. It's so true. Um, okay. Well, we'll just while kind of we're wrapping up one question that we like to ask is, and you kind of touched on this with, um, saying, yes to the best. Um, but what is something that the Lord is teaching you right now? I think the Lord is teaching me to be present and to, Mm -hmm. and to rest. Um, Mm -hmm. I am an Enneagram three, or I would say I am not that, but I can describe myself as an Enneagram three, which means I do a lot of things. I help a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I am all about achieving, but mm-hmm. man, when I rest, I am so much better and it's so much healthier and yeah, to be present in moments, I don't miss a lot, you know, like right. I am to that point where I'm putting my phone away at dinner and yeah. not just like in my pocket or flipped over on the table, like I might leave it in my car um, right. or I am whoever I'm with, I want to give my full attention to, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just like, you know, resting, having an actual Sabbath or um, I went this weekend, my friends were camping in Malibu and they were like, you should come like, you know, set up or whatever. And so I was like, I will like, and that meant that I had to say no to a lot of other things, but yeah, just go and be. And it wasn't like, we had Wi-Fi or things like that. It was just like ocean in the background, yeah. eating some chips and salsa and just having conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's what you do. Like you just show up to that because now this week, oh, I'm ready for this week. My yeah. Sunday wasn't like, let me be a sloth and like not talk to anyone. And oh, I'm so right. tired. It's like, I'm prepared for the week. What we got? Like, let's go get after it. Right. Um, so to yeah. be present and to rest is a lot that I haven't done a lot in my life. And maybe also because I'm getting older and I'm just like, "Mm, things and events don't mean as much, you know? Yeah. I think, I don't know if, I don't know if I heard this somewhere or if this is just the Holy Spirit, like (laughs) speaking this on my heart, but I feel like when the enemy can take our rest, he can take our best. Mm -hmm. Like he, we can't, 
we can't give if we're like so empty. Yeah. So I love that that's something that the Lord is emphasizing to you right now too, because I am learning that as well. Um, but this was amazing. I appreciate you yeah. taking time out of your day. And I'm I'm so glad that being on our podcast was part of you getting after it. Um, I know that a lot of our listeners will really benefit from what you said and from uh, hearing your heart. So where can our people find you and keep up with you in this upcoming season, my queen? Yes. So December 16th, uh, California Christmas City Lights will be on Netflix, drop in at midnight, which will be real fun. Um, so you, you can see me playing my namesake, Derica in that. And then I will be in a short film called birds, bees, and threes. I'll let you know when that hits at some point that is in post-production right now. And then uh, more to come in 2022 for sure. Woo. I love it. Well, amazing. Well, I can't wait to watch California Christmas City Lights. I'll be there for sure. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. We love you and we champion you. And we're so grateful that you took your time to come hang out with us. Um, and so we'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed, please subscribe and share with your friends. We release new episodes every week. If you want to keep up with what we've got going on, Head over to Instagram and follow us at InwayBWay. We'll see you next time.